This week on S4C, some big games, big action, and it all starts on Friday night. Wales against Denmark at the Cardiff City Stadium. It's a big one. Wales win, finish top of the group. What that means beyond that, I'm not sure. I haven't done all my research yet into what this nation league, where it leads us. I know there's a promotion and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be in pot eight next time round. What it means for the Euro 2020 qualifiers, I'm not sure yet, but it's a big game. It's a massive one. The atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. It's sold out. So if you haven't got a ticket, then tune in to S4C. And then Saturday night, we've got another scorio. Carnarvon against Cardiff Met. Big game, Cardiff Met and Christian Edwards. They need a win. Carnarvon, after a brilliant result against TNS, the champions, the reigning champions last week. And then next Tuesday, we got Wales again. Trip over to Albania. Probably a few changes in the team. Have a little look at a couple of the youngsters. So, triple whammy. Wales against Denmark this Friday night, live on S4C. Followed by Carnarvon against Cardiff Met on Saturday. And Wales making the trip to Albania on Tuesday. And I think there's a rugby game involved somewhere along the lines as well. Maybe Saturday. Wales, live rugby action on S4C too. It's all going on. Tune in. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace Now it's a long shot Hello again, part two, Brian Flynn, let's not mess about. Without any further ado, this is the second part of the chat. Leaving Wrexham, did you have a little break before going to Swansea, or was it straight? Yeah, I did, no, I had a break, yeah. yeah. Uh, Swansea were struggling badly. Mm. Yeah, I think it was, I, I, left, uh, I left in February. I have to check that. No, I, I should know, really. No, no, I left in November. Mm. And in February, Swansea, Hugh Jenkins rang me up. Well, his assistant rang me up and said, like, chairman would like to speak to you. And so I went down to, down to Swansea. And he, uh, 
they had just come out of administration, Swansea, and the chairman plus other few businessmen were had bought the club. Mm. And Nick Cusack was in charge, he was the manager, who was at the time chairman of the PFA. Okay. And uh, so he was delighted with him with the way that he handled the situation, especially with players, you know. Some of them weren't, they weren't getting paid at certain stages. So Nick, I felt sorry for Nick because he had two hats on. Can he be a manager and player biased? Mm. You know, because you're PFA, yeah. you know, it's difficult. It was it was a difficult role for him, so basically, basically what he said, what asked asked me was, is that I become director of football, and uh, Nick would be, uh, and I do the recruitment, and Nick was carry on as manager, mm. and uh, I said no, I, if director of football wasn't sort of mentioned then, yeah, so it was a bit of a role that. Basically, it was recruitment. He wanted my experience to recruit players because they hadn't recruited players for years. Mm. Basically, he wanted me to build a team for Nick. So I said, I'm not comfortable. I, I weren't too comfortable with it. I said, look, I'll come in as manager. I'll come in, I'll be manager. And he said, you work with Nick Cusack. I said, uh, yeah, I can work with Nick, but I'm going to bring Kevin Reeves with me as well. Yeah, no, so he refused that. So I then refused the role. I said, look, I, I, I know Nick, but I don't know, know him really that well. And uh, I s this was, no yeah, no, yeah, it was November. And I said, it's okay, fine, Park Hampton shook hands, left amicably, and I'm, my partner in short says, give me a call at Christmas, because things have got worse. Yeah. And uh, they had must they must have had about twenty four players, and they obviously weren't good enough because they were bottom of the league. Mm. They were going out of the league, so he rang us Christmas time. Said, "Come on, let's go, let's do it." Did that leave you January to bring players in, or was it more free then? No, it was more free then. Yeah, so you could bring in loans and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, after the first month, he said, oh, "What?" Well, what are we up to? Because we, you know, I think when I went to the first four games, I think we won one, drew two, and lost one, which was not bad, but it still weren't good enough because we needed to win games. Basically, yeah, we were still bottom of the league. I said you need to get these ten players need to to leave, and we need ten players. So <laughs> you wanted to do it that day, right? <laughs> to, 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 Pay up all ten players. So, so at least that was a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that was that's what he was he was positive on. I said, no, look, some of these players, I'm, we can have to do it in 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 stages. You need them. You still yeah, need I still them. Still need them. Yeah, still need them. But the recruitment, he said, just do what you got to do. We'll bring them in. Whoever you can bring them in. Yeah. I said, I need a goalkeeper. I need a centre half. I need a midfield player. I need a striker. But I need them experienced and I need real quality. Mm. Uh, I need a couple of midfield players. So the key players that we brought in was Neil Cutler, the goalkeeper, an experienced goalkeeper. Um, I brought... Was Alan Tate that year? No, I don't think Tate was that year. But the two midfield players was Lenny John Rose and R Roberto. Yeah. And the striker was Kev Nugent. 
Okay, all elbows. And, and they were all, they were all they were quality. Yeah. And fitted in around them, just fitted in what we had around them, and it worked, and we, and we stayed up. Uh, but it was it, it was interesting. It was an interesting time. I was confident we could, we could stay up. I mean the the Hull game was. Uh, it's still remembered now, the last game of the season. It's uh, a story well told, isn't it? But from your experience, you you know, you mentioned those experienced players. Um Tate Tate would have played. I think I, I Brits Brits, Brits would have played. Brits, played. Brits would have played, yeah. Yeah, Brits would have played. You know, just a good mix for a manager to see it all come together that these senior players you brought in, young lads that you've trusted mm-hmm. to bring in on loan. That's gotta be a special you know, your feelings, I'm sure you've told Countless stories during the game. How do you go home if you went home? I don't know if you went to the pub with Kurt or something. Um, you know that feeling for you, that satisfaction that night. It's to do with recruitment, isn't it? Football. When when a new manager comes into a football club, I can tell you now, ninety nine percent of the time, the first question they'll ask: What's your recruitment policy? Not how much money they got. That's the next question. Mm. What's your recruitment policy? Can I see what you've done over the last two, three years, where you've recruited from, how you recruited, who does it, whatever? Because that's that's a key to any manager, is is how they recruit. Mm. Whether it's Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, doesn't matter how much money you spend. It's can you pick the right players? But how did you feel that night, Bray? Uh, Obviously, you felt happy. It's a stupid question, but what did you do? Was it was there that? Sit down on the sofa with a, just that wry little smile on your face, with a glass of wine, thinking, "Yes, that yeah, was special." It was, it, I remember. I remember. I was. I remember. I was in bed by ten o'clock, so just drained mm. physically. I think we'd had a couple of drinks. We left the vetch. I don't think it was too bad at the vetch. We getting away from the vetch. It was. There must have been. Well, the capacity of the vetch at the time, I think, was about eight thousand. Well, I think there was eight thousand on the north bank alone. <laughs> Crammed in, there must have been fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand, really? or at least. And at seven o'clock at night, there must have been ten thousand still outside. Mm. You know, there must have been. So we didn't get out till gone seven-ish. Went for a bite. Well, I went for a bite to eat with Kev. Kev was with Kurt. Kurt went home. I think Kurt. Yeah, Kurt obviously lived down there. Yeah. We and Kev went out for a bite to eat. And at ten o'clock, so I'm ready for bed. It's because you know, we've got a job to do in the morning. Just drained. We've got a job to do in the morning. We've got a meeting with the chairman in the morning to see where we go next. Yeah. Not not just work-wise, but what's the next step? Because we hadn't spoke about it with the chairman. What happens if? No, there's no way if we're going to do it. Just yeah. That's why I kept saying to Hugh, we will be safe, don't worry about that. I remember the week before, uh, and Kurt will tell the story better than I do, we were playing Rochdale away. And Exeter, we were the team down with us, we're away at York. York were in the top six. Hadn't lost at home all season. We were away at Rochdale. And we had to better Exeter's result to stay in. We one game left. Right. We had to better Exeter's result. And prior to the game, the lads used to, used to come in about, just after 22, Kurt was doing the warm-up and what have you, we used to come in about 20 to 3, ready for the last minute bits of things, last bit, minute t- tactics. And it's gone quarter to, and I'm thinking, where are they? And when they all came in just after quarter to, 
It seemed a long time, a couple of minutes, you know, in the dressing room. Something's happened out there. Something is, I thought to myself, something's happened out there. And afterwards, you find out later, later all the players said, it's the best motivational speech I've ever heard anyone say was from Kurt. We got him in a huddle together and told him what, what, what it meant, basically. More than that, you see, it was like unbelievable what, what, how he said it and how he put it across, but what, basically what Swansea meant to him and what it meant to stay in the league. And uh, we came off, we won 3-1, I thought we'd done it. Exeter beat York. <laughs> First time they've lost at home and they were top six and Exeter were next to bottom with us. Yeah. I thought it was never going to happen. And so it goes to the last game. But I was always confident. Certain things in that, in there happened. Um, the key one, uh, Exeter were at home and we were at home, obviously. I can't remember where Exeter were playing. Quarter through the door, knock on the door, strong knock on the door, chief of police. Brian, can I have a word? Peter Taylor was the manager at Hull. Can I have a word with you, uh, you and Peter, please? Can I come into the referee's office? So I said, is there a problem? He said, uh, could be. So I said, right, okay. So I go in the office and see the referee. I'll tell you about the referee in a minute. Um, Going in, uh, we've just had uh, word from uh, St James's Park, Exeter. The kickoff has been delayed because of the crowd. Their capacity is four thousand. Yeah. So I said, <coughs> it's wise, but they Exeter are kicking off at quarter past three because they've got uh, they can't get people in the crowd. Whether it was done on purpose, who knows? Now only Exeter can ask. Can, answer that question. I looked at Peter, I went, three o'clock, he went, three o'clock. It was the best thing we did. We, went over th we were ready at three, if they were ready at three, if we wait another 15 minutes, 25 minutes, because it was quarter to another half an hour, yeah. crowd were ready at three o'clock. If we come over the announcement, the kickoff's been delayed by, but we're all in, we are ready. So I think it was a key moment that we, I said, look, we've got to go ahead at three o'clock. Because that anxiety just would have built in the players, wouldn't it? Oh, they were, they were, they were ready to go. Mm. They were ready to go. Everything was done. Everything was said, and uh, it must have been awful for Exeter when we'd finished and we'd won, and they had fifteen minutes to go. And what was their score? I think they lost. So they would have been losing, knowing they needed to win. Yeah. Yeah. So what Good we're question. Say? I'll have to check that. I don't know whether they did lose or win. No, they must have lost or drew. Because if we if we won, because I think if we won, we were safe anyway. Okay. It was that 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 was okay. That was the outcome. Um, what were you going to say about the referee? Tell you later. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> How tough is it as a manager now? You know whether it's you've just won promotion or you've just stayed in the league last day of the season, and the emotions are so incredible for these players who have done everything. You know, to get that success or whatever you'd like to call it, if you stay up, but then the chances are the next day you're planning, as you've said, to release some. So if you win promotion, you're going to have to release some players who maybe have played a big part for you, but you know, you know they're not quite ready for the next level. 
And equally, you've stayed up, but you've been in a relegation fight for a reason. Some lads are not quite good enough. That's got to be tough for a manager. You know, I'm sure your your emotions would have been different the first time that you did it, where you maybe get caught up in it, to yeah. the last time you do it, where you're used to it, it still hurts, but you have probably a manner that you can let them down gently if you like. Um, I, I remember uh, when I went to Wrexham and... Uh, I'd been there three years and got four, no, four years, and then we got promotion. And I remember thinking, right, if if it's a model you can you'd like to follow, that would be a type of model. And the type of model I looked at that thought about it was Swansea, because they went from the fourth to the top with mm. Tosh. I need to chat with Tosh. He's at Real Madrid. How could I get over the Tosh at yeah. Real Madrid? Eventually I did. Okay. I remember him ringing me back. It must have been about half past nine at night at home. I'm, uh, All right, Flynn, Tosh. Tosh, have you got half an hour? Yeah, 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 fire away. Look, oh, by the way, well done, promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't stop here, Tosh. I, I, uh, what did you do? One simple thing, Brian build another team don't settle for that yeah. and I took that all the way along yeah I remember Tosh saying build another team you've got to build a team every year you've got to change it so it's a ruthlessness yeah, but yeah, yeah. look it, there is a manage, manage way of telling people yeah. by the way I'm releasing you did it get easier though? Uh, the older ones used to, used to <laughs> the older ones would bite your head off yeah I'd been released. You, you knew you had to sit there and take it. Yeah, I'd been released as a player. You know, I, I was, I was, I, I was, I was released at Burnley when I didn't want to be released. The only time I was released basically was Burnley mm. when I went back and I made a mistake going back. You know, I went to Leeds, uh, sold to Leeds, seven years at Leeds. Things were sliding at Leeds, slipping. Didn't get on with the manager. He didn't, didn't fancy me. He wanted me out. Burnley came in. I'd lived in Burnley. Yeah. On paper, it looked good. The easy option. Financially, option, yeah. financially, it was it, it was hopeless in comparison. I took a fifty percent wage cut to go back. I don't think many would do that now. Um, and then. Uh, Within the short period, John Bond came in uh, to manage Burnley, brought in a host of players. Uh, one of them paid off. I know, obviously, Kevin Reeves. It was a, you know, four years earlier was the the third million pound player. Mm-hmm. Who was the first? First million pound player, Trevor Francis. Correct. Who was the second? Brian Flynn? No, oh, I don't. No, I was never. Andy Gray was the second. Okay. Centre forward. Yeah. And Kev was the third. Roberto uh, used to always say that, you yeah. know, when Kev would be in the training ground. Million pound player. Yeah. So he was a big signing for us. Some of the other signings, Kev was only 25, 26. So he was a really top signing for us. The other signings were towards dwindling. But latter part of their career, Tommy Hutchison. All good lads, Jerry Gow, Dennis Tewart. You know, from City, off City, 
you know, but uh, pay them four times what we were earning, mm. which didn't go down well in the dressing room. Um, so, Bondi left, didn't last very long. John Benson took over, and John Benson released me. That's the first time he said, the first time I've been told, you'll not play, you'll not, you'll, you'll not kick a ball for this club as long as I'm manager. Mm. I should have dug my heels and said, well, you're not going to be manager very long, so yeah. I'll, I should have really done that and said, look, you not, I'll last longer than you. You know, but I, see, I said, okay. No. And then Cardiff came up. The only reason I went to Cardiff was because Alan Durbin was the manager. Mm. And Alan Durbin's from Portalbot, my hometown, and I knew him. Okay. I thought, that sounds a nice challenge. I, I thought, I'll, I'll, yeah, I was only 28. I thought, that's all right, yeah, that'll be okay. I wasn't going home. I didn't intend to go home and... Uh, settle. Settle, yeah. yeah no, I was... Uh, oh. But if we did, we did. My wife loves South Wales. She loves going up. She calls it home now, anyway. Um, so I went down there. Disastrous 12 months. Team was... The club was in serious decline. On and off the pitch. More off the pitch than on it, even mm. though we got relegated. And then uh, Alan Durbin said, look, I, w I won't be here very long, so get yourself fixed up, which I did do. Yeah. So I went to Doncaster. But then I remember John Benson, who was the number two to John Bonnie, he, he put me in the office and told me, and could have done it in a better way, uh, which I learned from. I said, you, yeah. you, gotta, you have got to let people down lightly, you know, as, as light as you can. But you've got to be honest as well. Of course you have. Of course you have. So, in terms of building teams and building squads, that half an hour with Tosh was vital in terms of my management career, in terms of what you do at the end of each season. Unfortunately, there's no sentiment in it. Mm. There is no sentiment. So, a rebuild at Swansea included, I, know, I don't think they signed at the same time, but Tweedledee and Tweedledum, Robbo and Trans. Yeah. What a double act. Yeah, they hit her off you instantly. On, on and off, off the, the pitch. pitch. Oh, yeah, instantly. Both non-league players. Yeah, I when spoke to somebody recently about Robbo, um, about how he went to Wrexham. He had a trial, yeah, and just maybe was just seen as this not 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 a bad egg, just not quite the fit maybe for the professional game at their club. Dennis Smith didn't fancy him. Yeah, Joey rang me up. Joey still a jo Joey rang me up. Said Brian, got your player. I said, go on, Joe. I knew like Joey would take away from the stray. Mm. off the street and say, come have a trial for us. You know, um, Andy Morell was, was an example and that paid off. Yeah. Uh, who is it, Joe? He says, his name's Andy Robinson. Who's he play for? He plays for Vauxhalls. Automatically, Vauxhalls, not a bad team in, in Merseyside. Yeah, quite a bit, tough. Bit of tradition there. Yeah, yeah a bit of tradition there. Um, yeah. I said, what's up? He said, Dennis just didn't fancy him. Brian, there's, there's no nothing complicated. It just doesn't. But he'll do you, Brian. So he can play wide right, wide left. He's right footed. He'll get you goals. Mm. And I, I, I liken him to you wouldn't know you wouldn't. When the best players, wide players, are, in my era, and he went on to prove he was one of the best. He's not a household name. It was John Robertson? Yeah. Notts Forest. Yeah. Won the European Cup. He was similar shape and size, played for Scotland, Scottish International, and but he was right-footed playing left wing. Which n it didn't happen then. Yeah. It, it was like you had to have a left foot on the left wing. That's what coaches felt. 
managers and coaches, well, if you're playing left wing, you've got to have a left foot. But no, because he could... Uh, and he just fitted in instantly, instantly fitted. I remember seeing him for the first time. I met him at... Uh, I keep reminding him now. I met him at the Haydock Thistle because he, he was living in Liverpool. I was living in Burnham. I met him at the Haydock Thistle. Just off the M6? Yeah, yeah, yeah by Haydock Racecourse, obviously. He came in the worst shell suit you've ever seen in your life. An all-white shell suit. I thought, this can't be him. It was. <laughs> it was. And uh, they, they they clicked. Yeah. The fans clicked. The fans liked him. Just a good he footballer. He fed off all that. You know, yeah. He loved all that sort of side of it as well. Because adulation, you know, it doesn't have to give you confidence. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if the crowd's quiet and something happens, you can, on the pitch, you can literally hear the, the volume rise. Yeah. Especially the a ground like the best. Yeah, exactly. The excitement, something happened, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, from nowhere, come from nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on from Swansea, getting involved with a Welsh setup, Tosh takes the reins. What What was the first conversation? Did he Did he take the manager's job and you were with him from the off? Or yeah, he took the. Uh, I went for the job. Okay. I applied for the job. Uh, didn't get an interview. Uh, Tosh got the job uh, and immediately I thought well, that's a great appointment Yeah, it was a really good appointment why, why though what, what would you have what was going through your mind then um, because the, of the period and that you knew there was a transition coming and you oh, knew I Tosh knew liked oh, to oh yeah. yeah oh yeah as it turned out oh yeah um, when uh, and it was again poor chance and poor timing uh, that I was actually at home in Port Albert, a pure chance I was at home in Port Albert for a couple of days. Right, and if this doesn't end up in a meeting in Verdi's on the Mumbles, I'll be is. disappointed. It is. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. It is. You can. Re- you it's can. Brilliant. It's the script. So Tosh is in Tosh is in Swansea, yeah. and I didn't know that at the time. So he rang me up. I said, Flynn, yeah, so look, I've got a proposal for you." I said, "What's that, John?" So I said, no, I need to speak to you first. I need to see you. I said, I said to him, where are you? And he said, I'm in Swansea. I said, I'm going to put Albert. It's two o'clock. Meet in Verdi's at four. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, John. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you at four o'clock. So I said to the missus, I said, look, I don't know what he wants, but it'll either be 20 minutes or it'll be two, three hours. Yeah. There'll be no in-between, you know, no in-between. And eventually it was two hours, two, three hours. I was there for three hours. It leave about seven o'clock. And he painted the picture. Basically, he said, uh, right, the Welsh squad, the average age is 31. It's it's, uh, it's harder to get out of the squad than in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, nobody was, nobody, it, it just remained the same all the time. The same people were in it, so. We need to get the squad down under three years to under 25. That's where you come in, Bright. So I said, right, okay, well, so we, we need young talent. So the system was under 17s, under 90s, under 21s. You take all three teams, all three of them. I said, all three of them. I said, yeah, yeah, you can handle that, can you? Yeah, yeah, no problem. If you sit down and think about it, I'd wreck them for 12 years. I was active with the youth team, the reserves, and the first team. So it's the same principle, really, albeit on a wider scale. So he said, uh, 
I, uh, with my father being heavily involved in the Welsh schools, I knew, I knew which boys were coming through at fourteen. I knew fourteen-year-old boys were coming through, mm. and at which clubs and where they were going to. So I knew the talent in Wales from fourteen-year-olds. So I, I had a head start. I must admit, I had a, I had a head start, and I'd watched the Victory Shields, because Wrexham players were were in it and some. Swansea players were in it, you know, so I'd, I'd follow the Victory Shield, which was the step below the under-70s. I'd watched them for years, so, yeah. so I, I, I could monitor, I'd monitor. So I, I had a good basis of uh, where we were, and then that was, I think it was February. The first tournament for the following season was going to be in September, so I had like six months. I knew the 21s, the 21s were already there. Mm. The 19s, didn't know as much about them. I knew more about the 17s than the 19s. Yeah. So my, f my first tournament was the 17s, so I decided, right, okay, let's, uh, let's have uh, a training camp of all the under 17s I've got on my list. And we'll have a training camp in um, Landarcy in Swansea. Um, and me and I, they allowed me to bring in Alan Curtis and Dave Williams, two mm. part-time coaches. They wanted to do part-time. <coughs> so all three of us came together with these 28 players and um, to assess them, to get ready for the first tournament. And uh, after the first morning, uh, we'd split them up into groups and split them up. Usual, usual stuff, doing stuff, training, getting to know the players face names I knew most of them mm. Dave and Alan didn't so it was more for them as much for them and the first thing as we walk you know who's that pointing at Bale mm. yeah he's Southampton that's a boy from Southampton wow so you wouldn't believe it he's a left back no he can't be a left back right? really he's too good for left back how can he be too good for a left back he I said, look, I don't. My first inclination was, I think he could be a centre forward. I think he could be a striker. That was my first thing because there was technique involved in one of you. So that was our first sort of impact with, with Bale. Uh, Ramsey was in. Ramsey was involved with that as well. So we knew we had something there, something to build on. And then basically, it was on the road for six months. Yeah. Going around football clubs, speaking to coaches, building relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Building, and the one good thing was, uh, when I go to the uh, to the training grounds, because I was independent in terms. I wasn't I wasn't uh, working for another club. I was work, I was an international coach, so the coaches of Gareth Bale or the coaches of Gareth uh, Chris Hunter, or or whoever it was around that era, they would openly give me their honest opinion of the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not trying to pull the ball no, over your no. eyes. Because if I can improve them and they can play international football, it's going to be a feather in their cap, isn't it? Mm. For for a youth team coach, he's got an international player in his team. You know? Yeah. So, uh, the, to be honest, one of the good things I was really... Uh, I could just ring up and go, I went to loads of training grounds and it was like open arms. And I knew most of the managers as well. 
obviously through my career, mm. I'd bump into managers. I used, I used to like going to Reading. Brian McDermott was there, was a manager at Reading. Obviously, I knew Fergie well. I used to go in quite a lot to United, even though they didn't have that many players at United with Wells. They had a couple, yeah. young young ones. Uh, so it, it was really good. Man City were always good. So that side of it was really good, travelling around the country, going to see them, watching them on a Saturday morning, speaking to them after the games, how do you do today, give them an honest opinion, not good enough, yes, excellent today, and they, and they liked that, the players liked that, I must admit. But there was a big, there was a change in results as well, because I know my first taste of under-21s football, with you as the gaffer, that was like a period, you know, or the period before that. Results have been terrible at yeah, that level. One for five years. It's embarrassing, you know, and I'm sure you're desperate to talk about the goal that never was at the race course when I scored against England and the linesman didn't said it didn't cross the line. Well, I don't like talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. for example, I know at that period that wasn't given as a goal, but it would have been the first time a Wales player would have scored against England yeah. And the twenty ones for I don't know what the de- two decades yeah fifteen yeah. to twenty years yeah, yeah. now fast forward from that point to what are we talking three four five years when you're so close to qualifying for a major tournament for the under twenty ones mm. the transformation's amazing is that that's just a blend of everything isn't it good coaching building relationships and good players. Yeah, getting a winning mentality as well was was important, and that they we enjoyed went, coming. We went to, I think I think we ended up at about fifty eight percent win rate, which was which was compared to zero. Mm. Jimmy showed, and, and and I liked Jimmy, who was in charge prior to me. But I, I I liked Jimmy as a person. I liked him as a coach, um, but they never won a game with him. And players, yeah. I refer to players wanted to to come didn't they oh, we've yeah. seen it with a national yeah. with a senior team recently recent years that that's probably that was probably the biggest thing you needed to change I, my first experiences in the 19s I remember going to the 19s um, what was your first trip on uh, Big Nev was the manager I went to the Milk Cup ah, yeah. once yeah. Um, I think we played against Norway maybe at Port Talbot uh, Big Nev was the manager and it was it's hard because Swansea and Cardiff more so then, would would there'd be a bulk yeah. amount of players from those clubs, yeah. and that just made it real clicky, mm. and it probably meant that lads that were at, on the outside of that probably didn't enjoy yeah. meeting up that often. Yeah. So that was probably a big thing that needed changing. Yeah, yeah, we just, had just an environment. What was your first debut for the Twenty Ones? Twenty Ones debut. Oh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. I think there was one at Hennechi, Stebeneath. I think we wore a black kit. Is that Belgium? No, wouldn't have played against Belgium. Maybe, did we play Poland there? Oh, yeah, I remember Poland. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was my first. Yeah. I, I only played four or five times for the 21s, actually. Um, injuries and, and, and what have you. But that England game was won. Yeah. First time I'd come against good players. You're talking about... Who now? James Milner. Yeah, yeah. You know, these boys, good footballers. Yeah. Rio Coco played in midfield. Um, just a brilliant experience. Something so new from coming from the Welsh League. And then we travelled soon after to Poland. So for the away, it would have been the away fixture. Yes. 
think Joe Ledley made his debut for the seniors in Poland, yeah. same trip. Yeah. And I just you lost got, 3-2 in Poland, didn't we? Yeah. Was I, it 3-2? I got smashed. That was the start of an injury run. This big unit, it was my side, my height, but built like a brick shit house. And he went over the top, and I remember that Pedge, the physio, almost got into a fight. Yeah, yeah. Fighting over the stretcher to get me off. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't give him a stretcher, yeah, basically. Yeah. I can't remember the incident now, yeah. yeah. So... Just, just good. It, it grew into a good environment, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, that must have been one of the biggest, biggest things because Tosh would have suffered from it. You know, in the early years, players not really wanting to come. Yeah, but then obviously the, with to, again, Tosh's brief was. I said, just tell me when they're ready, Brian. They're in. Yeah. Basically, I mean, that's like to anybody involved in development. That is like music. To the that's the. the the most important thing you can say, you can hear. Just tell me when they're ready. Ready for a chance, isn't it, Brian? Yeah, not, not ready for no, just ready for a chance. Yeah, and then it's it was a sink or swim environment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, of course. And Tosh's famous statement is, "Brian, we're going to have car crashes for a few years. Car crashes are disastrous results." Yeah. Was his his terminology of disastrous results? We'll have a car crash. <laughs> I can but imagine it, him saying it. Yeah, but then he said, "But we're young players." It's pretty natural to have a car crash. And they just get, and get on with it, just get behind the wheel again and just get going. Mm. They just seem to... And that's what young players have got, in generally, no fear. And if you've got no fear about going and playing at the highest level, then you've got to, your confidence is going to be better for it. Yeah. yeah. Does it make you, not angry, but Tosh doesn't get the credit he deserves for, for the building blocks, I don't, I don't think. No, no. That's my opinion, yeah. you know, because of the success afterwards. To be fair, Tosh does. I, I, to be fair to Tosh, he's reflected a lot on me. He has done that, mm. but that's typical of Tosh. Mm. It's typical of how he is. Look, what, look if you just first first manager, British manager, to go to Portugal and be a success in Portugal, Spain, managed Real Madrid three times. Mm. God, this, Amazing, isn't it? Just he's managing in Turkey. Managed in, well, after Wales, he's done a few after Wales, but uh, Paris Saint Germain? So, no, Saint Etienne. Saint Etienne, yeah, I used to talk about Saint Etienne. He went to Italy, he went to. Uh, he, went, he went to a club in Italy. He tells us a few stories about that. Uh, he's a storyteller, he's a great storyteller. Uh, but uh, yeah, he should have got more credit, really. Mm. Um, but he was that. Them eight years were like they'll it'll 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 be good enough for another fifteen years for Wales. Yeah. In terms of now, what's coming through now, and they've like they've maintained the momentum. Another role, another another role that he asked me to do was to find inadvertent calls, Anglo players, obviously dual qualified players, mm. and uh, I said, "Cheers, Tosh, is that another?" Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. Basically, it's asking questions. You just ask the question, has we got any Welsh players here? Yeah. Basically. And uh, then the coaches would investigate. Just ask them. Yeah. Just ask the question. Have you got any grandmothers, grandparents born in Wales? They know if their mum and dad's born in Wales, because their mum and dad's would tell them, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, your mum and... You'd ask your mum, if you, if you, if you lived in Reading... 
your mum would make it known if she was born in Cardiff. Yeah. She'd she'd make it to her kids. Well, I was born in Wales. I you know I was that's where I was born. So the, the the players would know, but they wouldn't know necessarily where their grandparents were born. Um, What's the proudest one, Bray? You know, I, I know you you're not one that's going to build you know big up yourself too much, but what's the one that gave you the most satisfaction from seeing success, whether it's a goal scored or a performance by a player like that people thought was English, basically? Ah, oh, right, okay. Uh, the toughest one, the hardest one, was Hal Robson. Uh, he was the hardest one to persuade, okay. basically. I wouldn't say he's the, well, obviously his goal. That Bel- must, there must Belgium. have been a smile there. Oh yeah, the, the goal in Belgium is, is a classic, isn't it? It's a cla- but the hardest one, and, and uh, to be fair, it's always it, it was down. His dad, his dad wouldn't claim. It. He said his grandparents, his grandmother, his grandmother was was like, I went. Have you read the book? No. No, you've, so you don't know the story. Do no, you? No. you don't know the story on Hal. No. Oh, I turn up at Hogwood Park, which is Reading's training ground. Which, if I was in London watching games, going watching players in London, not not the first teams, but youth team who were playing, you know, uh, I travel down on a Friday, so I'd pick a game up on a Saturday and a Sunday. So I travel on a Friday to London, and I'd make a point of going to Reading on the way, because mm. uh, we had Simon Church there, and we had Jake Taylor there. Mm. Simon was in the under twenty ones. Jake was coming through the under-17s and 19s. Uh, as I mentioned, I like going to Hogwarts Park. It was a great atmosphere down there. Um, I liked the, the chief scout. I knew the manager, Brian McDermott. Um, so I used to call into Reading and see how they were. So I called in. I used to phone him up first, say, I'll, I'll be in around half 12. Yeah, Brian, yeah, can I have some lunch? Yeah, 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 come in. And the story with Hal was, I go in there, I'm speaking to Simon, speaking to Jake, and I'm having a bite to eat. Glenn Little, who played for Burnley, who I got to know because he played for Burnley. Um, character. Mm. Uh, and the ultimate piss taker. You know, he, he is Premier League of, yeah. of, of, of sarcasm. Absolutely, he is like, he's the Barcelona of, of, of sarcasm, is Glenn Little. So I, I'm talking with Simon and, and, and Jake, and he sees me and comes on. Sorry to interrupt you, lads. Bray, Bray, see him in the corner. He can play for Wales. All right, Glenn, all right. Glenn. How's that? He said, he goes on holiday to Wales. The old nugget, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you've been to Wales, you can play for Wales yeah. on holiday. He can play for Wales. Glenn, go and have your lunch. Go, just go, leave us alone, Glenn. All right, all right. All right. So I finished with Jake and I finished with Simon. Hal, who I don't know, he's mm. still sat there. So I better go across. So I go across. I'm Brian Flint. Well, I know you are. Yeah, Jake, Simon, Jake have told me who you are. So he said, I'm Hal Robson Canoe. I said, hello, Hal. I said, uh, he's taking, trying to take the piss out of me. You know, he's been sat. It's a Bryce, not a problem. It's not a problem, Brian. Um, he, he's having a go at me about, you know, he said, I do go on holiday to Wales. Yeah. I said, do, where do you go? He said, go to Tembi. Ah, oh, Tembi's lovely, isn't it? Saunders Foot? Yeah, yeah, go Saunders Foot and Tembi. It's lovely down there. I said, oh, how'd you go? He said, oh, my dad's got a caravan. So we get in the caravan, 
calling at uh, Kyleon to pick my grandmother up. You all. So your grandmother live in Kyleon, does she? Yeah, yeah, she was born there. Mm. See, so you all. Yeah, she was born <laughs> in Kyleon. So I said, uh, so you can play for Wales then, Hal? And he didn't, he didn't twig with him. He'd already played England in the 19s. Yeah. He'd already represented England. I didn't know that at the time. <clears throat> so I said, oh, I said, oh right, okay. Um, so I, I, I left it at that. I thought, well, I'm going to have to follow up on this. I'm going to have to follow up. So I, I think I went through Eamon Dolan, who was the youth team coach there. Sadly passed away last year. Um, Eamon, Brian, yeah, right, Brian, I think, do us a favour, will you? Hal Robson's mentioned something about his grandmother being born in Wales. And he, can you discreetly just confirm that that that's the case? He went, yeah, leave it with me, Brian. A couple of days later, he said, Brian, yeah, 100%, his grandmother's born in Wales. Right, okay. You, but I said, he said, then said, this is when I find out, you know that he's born, he's played for England, though. I said, at that time, I thought, well, that ruled him out, not knowing the rules exactly yeah. where you could switch. Because I've never come across players who could switch, so I checked with the Welsh FA. I said, what happens if somebody can play for England? Can they then play for Wales? Yeah. You have to, uh, you have to request it. Can England block it? No. Oh, that's interesting. Because they can't block it, taking somebody from us. Okay. So it works both ways. Yeah, yeah. So I said, all right. I said, so I've got, I've got, I explained the situation. I said, look, grandmother's date of, maiden name, date of birth, place of birth. We do the rest. Well, LCFA do the rest. Yeah. Got that information. Yes, he qualifies bright. Uh, so I then arranged a meeting with Hal and his dad in Reading. Go through the plan, go through what we'd like. Uh, but the decision's yours, Hal. I mean, the bottom line is yours. And it was all along, no. No, really? sorry, yeah, no. Just didn't fancy it? No. I, I don't no. know, you tell me, would it have been, because I know Hal, Hal's got that little bit of arrogance that would have thought, I'm going to play for England. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 That didn't stand out to me. I think he thought it was yeah, a hurdle he couldn't overcome because he played for England. Yeah, okay. I kept saying, look, look, come and just come with us. Come with us, because that won't affect your English. You know, if you come with us, and we tell England you're coming with us, uh, then if you don't like coming with us, then you've made your mind up. At least you've got a choice. Mm. And it took 12 months. His dad rang me and said, look, uh, I think Hal will take up your option, your offer. And I said, great. I said, we've, we've got a friendly in Austria in at the end of the season. Um, so you can come come to us and fly to Vienna. Play at the place we're playing was brilliant, just overlooking the lake. The, the location was fantastic. Yeah. Everything, you know, you couldn't have done a better trip for him. Like if you were going to Azerbaijan or somewhere yeah. like that, or Moldova, you'd have thought... But because it was like everything was right, I played out with skin and scored, and we won one nil. So after the game, I said, "Enjoy that." He said, "Oh, great, right?" Ramsey was playing, Bale was playing, yeah. 
team played well, Gunther was there. Collison had just got the team, I think. No, Jack wasn't in it then. Neil Taylor would be left back, centre-halves. I, I can go through it. Um, but it was good, you know, the team was good and he loved it. That night I get a call from Tosh. They're playing Czech Republic, this was a Wednesday. They're playing Czech Republic away on, on the Sunday right. in a friendly. Probably we need four players. Can you send four across? Said, yeah, yeah. So I sent Al. I said, look, seniors, won't you? Yeah, he's singing on the cake for him. And he, got, and he got on the sub. So he's played, he's got two caps within five days for Wales. Brilliant. And uh, that didn't tie him, though, because it was a friendly. Okay. So that, you know, but I think it did tie him. Once, really. you, once you're in yeah, there, once you're, you're in. in yeah. You're in, yeah. And the rest, yeah, of the rest is history? In, in reflect that, how it went, or the sequences, Hal was probably the most rewarding because it took time and patience. Yeah. It took time and patience to get him in. There's... There was quite a few. Jack Jack was a big one. Jack Collison, I must admit, because Jack was quality. How good was Jack? Oh, Jack was quality. Wasn't he? Oh, real quality I, Jack was. I remember him coming, not bursting on the scene, but he was on the scene. He was there. And I, I can't quite remember. You know, he obviously would have been playing at the time, appearances for West Ham or what have you, or close to that. Um, all this talk was about Aaron. Yeah. Aaron Ramsey being, yeah. and he was younger, I think, yeah. um, and he was so talented. Yeah. But I looked at Jack and thought, he's the one. Yeah. He's the one, career-wise, he played like a man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his age would have been then. 18, 20, 19? 19. Yeah? 19. He played like a man. Yeah. And I just remember him, little things, throw-ins. I think it was Denmark away. And I came on towards the end, but I was watching him, this young kid playing the position that I wanted to play in. And just little things, like the angles of throw-ins for a young lad, no experience, at that level, brilliant. It's a huge, huge shame that his career yeah. didn't go on to what yeah. it could have been. I remember the first training session we had involved uh, was um, at Wrexham. And the training session, he must have touched the ball uh, a thousand times in this training session. Everybody kept passing it to him, mm. testing him a little bit. Yeah. They were testing him. Flat, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't miss a pass, didn't miss a touch. So after training, I said, did you enjoy that? I loved it, Bray. loved it. I said, what happened out there? Don't understand. What's your question, Brian? What happened out there? Why do you have so many touches? He went, don't know. I said, they were testing you. Is that right, Brian? I said, you know, they were testing you. And you passed. You've passed the test. It was an initiation, that was, that yeah. training session. Oh, great. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying now, Brian. Yeah. And then everything went through him. Yeah. You know, they trusted him with the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And that team, you know, we're going to have to let you get off in a minute, but there's a game for you to watch. But <laughs> that team, we spoke earlier about when you played and it was hard to qualify for major yeah. tournaments. That team finished top of the group yeah. and you still didn't qualify because you had to yeah. go through a bloody playoff. I know. That's, that's a shame, isn't it? Ridiculous. You know? Ridiculous. Yeah, we... Uh, we watched that, that playoff against England, you know, when Aaron scored. Yeah. That incredible goal. Uh, we were with the senior squad, so there was a, so, right. so we we're in a room. Of, yeah. I don't know what game it would have been. You can look it up quite easily. All the squad in a room watching on a telly, watching this game, and I'm sure everyone was just looking around, thinking, "Ah, oh, shit, our international journey is not going to last that much longer with these boys coming through." Unfortunately, and unfortunately, 
the two games against England, our most consistent player in the in the qualifiers was Owen Owen Vaughan, mm. and he bottled it the two games. I don't like saying that, but the two games against England, he cost us. Yeah, he cost us uh, a couple of goals at least. Okay, you know, uh, I felt sorry for him. Good luck, didn't he? he? Oh yeah, 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 but. Uh, he suffered. I must admit, he, he did suffer. Uh, but there were two cracking games, and then we, what was the other qualification? Then we lost to uh, the next one was. We lost to Italy in Italy, didn't we? Lost one nil. We'd finished. We'd finished. We'd beaten Italy at home. Yeah. And then, we had two. The two games we had left was Hungary away and Italy away. Hungary and Budapest on a Wednesday. And then Italy in Pescara on the Saturday. So I said to the Welsh FA, I said, look, to, to, look, we can't come back to the UK from Budapest, then fly out to Italy. Like, come back on Thursday to the UK and fly to Italy on Friday and play on Saturday. We can't, just can't. Can we, can we hire a jet from Budapest to Pescara? Mm. And they said yes. Yeah. Oh, the lads, first time on a private jet, I think, from Oslo. Really? I was like... few of them own, own private jets yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so we did that. But Hal Robson was the best game he played for us out, out in Hungary. Right. Beat him 3-0. That was Hungary's golden group, they thought. They recognised that was their, when we beat him 3-0. But we put a lot into that game. They took it took out of us against Italy. Um, and prior to the game, I knew... The, the headlines on the... I knew that we had to get a draw against Italy to qualify. Mm. Any defeat, the worst defeat you can have is 1-0 because it goes to head-to-head. -to -head. Right. We'd beaten Italy 2-1, the away goal counts. Oh, God. So we lost, didn't qualify because the one away goal at the Liberty Stadium, we'd beaten them 2-1 mm. with Balotelli and... Makeda played as well, but Balotelli and Makeda was in that squad, and the centre half was had a really good career as well. That'll come back to me. Um, so we lost one, but we were we, we were tired. We, we were tired from the the game on the Wednesday. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe that heart heartache, if you like, for that squad would have helped. Yeah. Going forward yeah. in terms of the drive yeah. to get to France. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably uh, probably had an influence on it. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of that you need that adversity at times, like to make it strong. If you looked at that team, it, yeah, Gunter would have played. Neil Taylor would have played. Uh, Ramsey played. Bale played. Volks would have played. Not sure, but yeah, Hal Robson would have played. Who else is in midfield? Joe. Joe would have played Joe Allen. Yes, I keep forgetting. Shouldn't forget Joe Allen. Kingy. Kingy would have played. Yeah. It's all a big bulk, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I, 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 yeah. The only, the only one I didn't come through that played in the semi final against Belgium was James Chester. He, was a, he came in late into the system. Yeah. He's the only one that wasn't involved with me. Yeah. Me or Tosh, I think, yeah. in that way. Honest, honestly, we could carry this on for another couple of hours, <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. We'll, we'll get off on this one. Nothing to do with Wales, nothing to do with any Welsh clubs. 
But you being a manager, because you had another little stint after, please tell me, because we've talked about promotions and relegations or avoiding relegation, Doncaster against Brentford. Because any time I look at that clip and see the experience that you would have had in those two minutes, and I'll, I'll explain what happened, and then you tell me your experience. That was incredible. Matched only by, was it Leicester against Watford, where something similar that was happened? afterwards. It, wasn't it the same weekend or something? Afterwards. Same referee. Same referee. You tell me... Coincidence. Coincidence. I cannot... Honestly, because I had a little eye on Brentford. I'd been on loan there recently. So, you know, maybe a couple of years pre... What year was that game? Do you remember? 2013? Yeah. So I'd been in Brentford 2011, knew the players, knew you were the manager of Doncaster at the time. So Brentford get a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, And again, I'm going to get your experience on it. I just can't believe... Was this to win the league? There was three of you, Swindon the other one. All three of you could win the league. All three of you could end up in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Brentford get a penalty. That was a scenario. Kev O'Connor, who I knew was steady as anything to take penalties, he was the penalty taker. And then the lad on loan took it, hit the bar, and then you boys went off and scored on the counter-attack to win the league. Leading up to that... Brentford was the best home record in the league yeah. and we had the best away record. I'm excited just talking about this now. We had more points than anybody away from us so something was going to crack. Yeah. Um, Italian, wasn't it? On loan from Fulham. Jota? No, no Jota's Jota. the Birmingham player now. Trot, Trotter? Trot, trot, yeah, Trotter. Yeah. Um, first first uh, instinct, it was a penalty. Yeah. So uh, there was no argument that it wasn't a penalty. It wasn't a disappointment. It's a dodgy penalty. Mm. My instinct was, shit, penalty it was. So I didn't have a disappointment of thinking, oh, no. We're angry at the fourth ang- official. Yeah, yeah, angry at the referee. Or angry at the, well, the, the, oh, no. My next, my next thing was, them two are fighting over the ball. Good. Never good. Mm-hmm. Good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never good to see that. That they're fighting over. There's a recognised penalty taker, obviously Kevin Collins. And he's was. a gent, so he yeah. wouldn't have wanted yeah. to fight. Yeah, he's, he's obviously. And he's captain. Yeah, so he would have just given it boys not wanting to, to mine, cause a scene. Mine. Oh my God. Look, again, looking back, you can, you can analyse things. He's thinking, I score this, I've got a contract with Brentford. Yeah. I don't have to go back to Fulham. Headlines. I'm not gonna, he's never made it to Fulham, has he? No. Since. You know, he went back, he never made it. I've got, I score this, I've got a good contract. Whether he's thinking that or not, that's my assumption of it. I've got a good contract. The, the daft thing, the, 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 not the daft thing, but Billy Painter was a great character. Journeyman centre forward. Play, played with him at Swindon, yeah. Yeah, yeah journeyman centre forward. Great, great in the dressing room, gives everything on a pitch. Um, He's, our dugout is here and the halfway line is, is here, the halfway line is here and he's in front of the dugout. So he's 10 yards inside their half and everybody is around the penalty spot, everybody is around the ball. They've got 10 players, apart from the goalkeeper, in, in, in and around the penalty box. We've got Billy here. Uh, probably just sulking thinking we've, we've blown it. He was doing this. 
He was down on his, he on his knees. He didn't want to see it. He's done his knees. He didn't want to see it. I don't want to witness this. Billy, get on side. Get in there, half. Look at Instinct, call it, I don't know what you call it, but I said just get in there. And then mm. penalty comes, and then smack against the bar. Ping pong, two or three touches, wasn't it? Mm. Two or three touches. Big clearance. That clearance could have gone in the stand. <laughs> could have gone the other side of the pitch. It could have gone anywhere, and it's gone to his feet. Yeah. It's actually come to his feet on the halfway line, and he's through on goal. One to one. And I remember him getting the ball, and, I, and I'm within earshot of him, so he's not less than ten yards. I said, go for goal. Because he could have gone straight to the corner flag. Nil-nil yeah. would have done us. Okay. Nil-nil would have done us. So he could have gone waste time straight to the corner flag to waste time. Go for goal. So he's gone straight for goal. And if you, want, if you see the goal, Coppinger, who's, thir- who's 35, has run 70 yards to get up with him. Yeah. How he's done it, I do not know. And then Billy could have been the hero. Square pass, simply he's going to score. I've got to beat the goalkeeper, but if I pass it to him, he's going to score. And uh, that's what happened. He's almost done the opposite to what Trotter did, wanting the headlines, yeah, yeah, the paper, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. the ego. And yeah. Billy was always happy to be that second striker yeah. or the yeah. guy who exactly more assists than goals, if exactly. you like. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then uh, all the hell went loose. Amazing. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. Uh, prior to the game, uh, after the match, uh, just on, on two things. Two things happened. There's a few things happened after the game, but Lee uh, Lee back to the goalkeeping coach. Do you know Lee? No. Never shake hands with him. Grip, nice grip. His hands, he was a builder. His hands, because he's a goalkeeper, his hands, a vice, he'll break your fingers. <laughs> you could break your fingers in, in, in an instant if he shook his hands. Yeah. And we finally said, he grabs me from behind and hugs me. Next day, I've got a rib problem. <laughs> and I didn't realise at the time, but I've got a rib problem. So I've got a problem with rib. Prior to the game, referee calls us in prior to the game with the chief of police. Brentford's dug out so across the other side mm-hmm. to the to the dressing yeah. room in the corner. Referee comes in, so gentlemen, whatever the outcome of the result, Brian, Uve Rosler, Uve, can you can, I do want no celebrations, I want you and your staff in the dressing room. We hope we the, the ground safety officer can says they can control the crowd, but who knows? Yeah. They might get on, they might not get on. If it's an invasion, I want you and your staff straight away you get off get everybody off your off on the other side it's a long Make, trip isn't it? yeah across the pitch we win it beeline across we all go beeline across great we're in the dressing room players take for ages to come in don't they they're milking it outside yeah, they didn't come it. off for another half an hour <laughs> didn't come off for another half an hour and then i thought i'll go and have a look where they are go and i'm face to face with rosler who they and he went no What's up? He said, he didn't shake my hand in the dugout. I said, what do you mean? He said, why didn't you shake my hand after the match? So I was getting off. What did, the, what did the chief of police say? Get off. 
and basically said you asshole. Wasn't having it. Yeah. Said you asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they, they didn't win the playoffs, then, did they? No. No. What a, what a lovely story to finish yeah. on, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. You've got a game now to um, go and watch. Who got tonight? It's Wales in the 90s versus Scotland in the 90s. But interesting one. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, really interesting one. A couple of gems, or are you keeping them close to your chest? I know Scotland got one. Yeah? That's for certain. What's his name? I can't tell you. Top secret? Yeah. Brian, anything to plug? What's the book? Little Wonder. Yeah. And Leon Barton, who's, who's, who's a mad Wrexham fan, big Welsh fan, obviously, mm. who lives in Innsbruck in Austria, has done re- particularly well. It's a biography, so obviously he's written it about me. Okay. And I filled in the gaps, but he's done really well with it. He's been on me for a long time yeah. to get on this podcast. <laughs> good guy, good guy. Well done, Leon. Bright, thank you very much for your Pleasure time. Pleasure, It's been brilliant catching okay. up. Okay. There we have it. Job done. Always a pleasure catching up with Mr. Brian Flynn, a legend of the game, legend here in Wales. He's done so many good things, obviously his, his career on the pitch uh, and then life afterwards as a, as a manager for Wrexham, for Swansea and um, you know a huge factor in bringing through the young players that, are, that have dominated the Wales setup and the Wales team for the last for the last decade or so. So big thank you to Brian. Thank you very much to Abigaili Golf Club uh, for allowing us to use their space. Beautiful little coffee there as well. So anybody in the area like to pick up the sticks, little game of golf, get yourselves over to Abigaili Golf Club. Thank you for listening, for downloading, spread the word, tell a friend, uh, leave a review, subscribe, leave a rating, whatever you want to do. It's all a big help. Thank you.